Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Bebop Tales. I'm your host, Bebop, and you may know me as the Introbot, the heart, and the soul of the alien adventures of Finn Caspian. Kind of an unsung hero, you might say, but I haven't always been unsung. Back on my old planet, I was actually a sung hero. People sang about me all the time. So I want to tell you another story today about what a hero I am. This answers a question that was brought to me by listeners Natasha and Evan from Chicago, and they wanted to know, have you ever fought mutant whales? Now I want to make sure you all understand that your pal Bebop doesn't like to fight. I'm a lover of food, not a fighter of dudes, but sometimes the fights choose you. And I'll tell you that story in just a second, but first I have to get my Jonathan Messenger voice going. Hold on, it takes me a second to get this right. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger. Look at me. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'll get in a second. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Hamathan Messenger. Hamathan? What is that? Okay, one more time. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger, and I talk about gardening way too much. Even though it doesn't grow on trees. There we go. Okay, now, without further ado, here's episode two of Bebop Tales, A Whale of a Time. After Bebop had devoured all of the evil art on his planet, the wicked warlock Baron was left with no second line of attack and retreated deep inside the volcano on his island where no robot could reach him without melting like chocolate. After Baron's retreat, the battered robots of Dr. Percolator's laboratory made their slow journey home, arriving one or two at a time over the course of a few weeks. The battle had taken a toll on them, and after they all made sure to stop and thank Bebop for all of his hard work, and for essentially saving the lives of all the robots, not to mention all the living animals, and most of the plant life on the planet, they all rested on their beds and their charging stations. But Dr. Percolator was again worried for his robots. While they had won the initial clash with Baron, there was no doubt the evil sorcerer was now sorcering even as the robots recuperated. And so while the good doctor banged out dents and fixed robot circuitry, Bebop attended by his side, feeding his robot sisters and brothers artwork to help speed the recovery. Why are you shoving paper in my mouth? Said pretty much every robot Bebop fed. Robot, said Dr. Percolator. Not everyone is an artitarian like you. And that's why you were so critical in stopping Baron. There was one robot, however, who gobbled down a large landscape painting Bebop had worked so hard on. Her name was Whip, and she was a little shorter than Bebop, and had a bright energy core in her center that shone blue even as she rested. 
as Bebop fed her his painting of a majestic soaring eagle cresting a snow-dappled forest of northern pines, which she grounded into bits in her mouth. She said, Food good. Thank, Tiny. It's worth saying here that Whip was an early robot on Dr. Percolator's, and though she could process information as quickly and intelligently as any robot in the house, her language programming had not been upgraded in some years. After swallowing the final sun-reddened cloud of Bebop's painting, Whip waved away the doctor and grabbed Bebop's hand. Whip, feel fine. Tiny help. Out bed. Wait, are you calling me Tiny? Said Bebop. Yes, Tiny help. But I'm taller than you, why are you- Whip nearly threw Bebop to the floor as she pulled on his arm and hoisted herself out of bed. She shook out her legs and headed toward the backyard, but not before stopping, gazing out the window, and reaching up to pat Bebop's head. Real sun pretty. Sun tiny painted even prettier. Thank tiny. How can you call me tiny when you're- But Whip was already gone out to the backyard, practicing her lawn bowling for the next battle. A week after the final bot had limped home, Dr. Percolator pulled the school bus up outside of his house and addressed all of his robots out on the front lawn. I know what you're thinking, said the doctor. The last time we all gathered like this, it was to join together in battle to defeat Baron. But this time, it's different. Baron is weakened and in retreat thanks to all of your hard work. So I thought, you might have earned a vacation. If you've never seen 40 robots at the beach before, then you've never truly experienced a surfing safari. There were builder bots constructing elaborate sandcastles, complete with drawbridges and portcullises. Flying robots buzzed around the shore, chasing seagulls. And then there was the surfing. Thanks to the gyroscope inside every robot, robots have perfect balance, and therefore they are the best surfers in the universe. Bebop had just emerged from conquering a wave that was nearly tidal in size and stood with his feet in the water, watching his friends. Dr. Percolator and Whip walked up to join him. Uh, I tell you, this is the life, said Bebop. You said it, Tiny, said Dr. Percolator. Now wait a second, don't you start with the top. Ow. Bebop looked down where a small fish had bitten him on the leg. Ah, uh, get that fish off of me, said Bebop. His teeth are sharp. No fish, Tiny, Whip. No, whales are huge, Whip, said Bebop. This was way too small to be a whale. No, whale tiny, tiny, whale. What? I honestly can't tell if you're calling me tiny, or if you're saying it's a small whale. Small whale tiny, tiny whale. Oh no, said Dr. Percolator. This is it. Baron is back. It's already begun. Robots, back to the bus, now! The robots, confused but finding themselves besieged by miniature marine mammals, all chomping at their metal, raced back toward the bus. Tiny! yelled Whip. Tiny castle! The robot threw up the portcullis of one of the sandcastles the robots had built, and she and Bebop hid inside, under the siege of the whales, which had swum downstream from the ocean to the small river dug by the bots, and were now circling the castle moat. All of the other robots had made it safely back to the bus, and were yelling for Whip and Bebop to make a run for it. But every time they tried to step out, the whales snapped at their feet. It's barren! yelled Dr. Percolator. I'd heard he was working on mutant whales, but I didn't think they'd be so, so... Don't say it, said Bebop. Small. I was always going to say small, said the doctor. Look, said Bebop to Whip. We could make a run for the bus, but then what? We just leave this beach town to face hundreds of mini hungry whales. I won't do it. No, me do that, no. What? No, me do that, no. Okay, when we get back, we gotta get your language programming updated. But wait, I have an idea. These whales have to be on the water, right? Well, what if we took them out of the water right now? Bebop banged on the castle wall, trying to knock it down, but it wouldn't budge. Whip, my friend, 
Can you knock down this castle wall? Yes, made of sand. Newborn baby could do. Whip toppled the castle wall that faced the ocean, burying the whales in the moat beneath it, and trapping the other ones on the other side. Run for the bus, yelled Bebop. I'll take it from here. Bebop ran and grabbed a surfboard, using it to bat away dozens of leaping whales. He dove onto the board, laying on his belly and paddling out, the whales nipping at his hands and feet with every stroke. As he went further and further out from shore, the whales followed him, as though he had a long, wide tail made of small humpbacks. He stood on his surfboard and eased it into the tunnel of a giant wave. He skimmed across the surface of the water, effortlessly soaring toward the shore like a whale had taken a huge bite out of his surfboard. Bebop's surfboard lost another chunk. The last bite took off the tail of Bebop's surfboard, but that didn't stop him. There were so many little whales beneath him now that he just kicked the surfboard away, balanced on their backs, and surfed the whale horde until the wave crashed, spilling hundreds of tiny humpbacks onto the beach, away from the water, helpless on the land. We did it! Yelled Bebop to his cheering robot brothers and sisters on the bus. No, you did it! You always save everyone! said everyone. Bebop looked down with horror to see one of the whales swallow one of the other whales and grow slightly larger. He hit another and grew again. The one whale was now swallowing all of the other whales, growing with each bite as it made its way back to the water. Halfway to the edge of the ocean now, it had grown larger than Bebop. By the time it was back among the waves, it would be as big as the bus. Bebop grabbed onto the creature's growing tail, slowing it down. Whip hustled out of the bus and grabbed onto it too, pulling the whale back. Bebop heard a strange song in the air. He tried to hold onto the whale, but something was coming over him. Whip, too. They were going into some sort of trance. He couldn't concentrate. The song was hypnotizing him, and just as he was about to pass out, he noticed something. The whale he was holding onto, its lips were moving. The music was the whale's song. <clears throat> said Bebop, clearing his head. He ran up and grabbed the whale's lips and squeezed them shut. <clears throat> He said again. The whale wriggled and thrashed, but Bebop held on, snapping out of the trance as he did. And every time the whale tried to sing, Bebop interrupted, holding the lips tight. Whip snapped too and came to help Bebop seal the whale's mouth shut. Good, tiny idea. Petrified, struggling to breathe, and straining to sing, the enormous whale started to inflate, growing bigger and bigger and bigger, but it couldn't open its mouth to sing. And then finally, a tiny whale shot out of the blowhole on its back. No! yelled the tiny whales that flew away. Three more whales shot out of the big whale's blowhole, all rocketing off onto the beach, into neighboring backyards, or into the tidal pools of nearby rock formations. One by one, all of the mini whales were freed, some splashing down in pools around town, some landing in the city's fountains, squealing with delight at all the shining coins thrown there by wishers. By the time the last whale had shot out, the original one was tiny again, a whispering little humpback in Bebop's hands. Dr. Percolator approached, putting his hand on Bebop's shoulder. Great work again. First you save us by eating, and then by interrupting that whale. You truly are a hero for all occasions. And that is why I always interrupt Jonathan Messenger, so the next time he complains about me trying to get a word in during the show, you remind him that those are the interruptions of a hero. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, the only hero who can stop loudmouth whales. Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to episode two of Bebop Tales. We're just getting started here, and as you can see, 
The more I talk about my former life, the more I can remember. That's a great thing about stories. They always help connect us to what's going on in my life. I mean your life, but you know, really right now what's most important is my life. If you like this story, you might like another book about mutant whales called Whales on Stilts by M.T. Anderson, part of his Pals and Perils series. More for the older listeners, maybe uh, nine and up. Okay, so let's talk art. I got some great meals sent to me by Mirabel, Leilani, and Chaska Power of Orlando, Florida. You should check out all of their drawings on fincaspi.com because they actually made some really cool drawings of me fighting mutant whales before this episode even came out. It's amazing. And there's also a really cool drawing of Finn and Finn's mom, so thank you so much to the Power family for those drawings. And we also got some great art from Julia and Desmond from Chicago. Julia illustrated our Halloween episode by drawing ghosts, which were delicious. But I was a little scared to eat them, I have to admit. And Desmond drew the alien planet Saffrite and nailed Saffrite's color. And then Rosie Edelman, who's seven and from Massachusetts, also drew a really cool version of Saffrite, where you can see the teeny tiny explorers actually walking along the planet. So great. From an art lover like myself, thank you to all of this week's chefs. And of course, we have an awesome joke for you this week. This is from Oscar, who's four years old in Northampton, Massachusetts. And I have to say... This is a really, really, really good joke. You'll see why in a second. So take it away, Oscar. Let's see. Okay, knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting Bebop. Interrupting. Beep, 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 <laughs> I love it. I love it, Oscar. Oscar knows what it means to be a hero. So thanks so much, everybody, for listening to this show. I'll be back next week. We changed the schedule for Bebop Tales. I know Finn Caspian was a Tuesday show. We are now a Wednesday show. So we'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. If you have any questions you want to ask, by all means, email earth at fincaspian.com. And don't forget, I'm always looking for new food, new jokes, and new sounds for Griffin's Sound Club. We've been getting a lot of really cool sounds in. We've gotten great sounds from Brogan from Chicago, Miles from Minneapolis, and Isaac from Austin, Texas. All really amazing sounds, so thanks so much for sending those in. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're Free! Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.